Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Life, Love, and Hustle Show. This is your boy, Chad Smith, and I'm here with my love, my light, my lady. But above all that, she is also the founder, CEO, and chief love coach. Uh, she is the creator of the Love Camp, and she is the creator of the Love Camp curriculum that is certifying love coaches to go out and be her love army to help uh, increase love and successful relationships out here in the Black community. This is Renee Miller. Good day. Thanks for having me. Duh. I mean, like, <laughs> of course. Don't like, do why, it. why wouldn't you? Don't you know? do it. I'm, I'm just <laughs> grateful to be here with you on your platform. I'm grateful. Good. I'm grateful to have you here also. And you're here because I wanted to get you in uh, because we have so many great discussions together we just do. at the kitchen table, you know, pillow talk. And uh, we wanted to get a few of these recorded, but a lot of people are starting to get to know you. And it's for a great reason because you've got this great new, this, this, this wonderful new uh, organization called the love camp. Yes. And in case people don't know who you are. So who is Renee Miller and what is the love camp? Renee Miller is a lover of love, a coach, a former serial dater, a divorcee, a magically, you know, enamored lover, uh, a trainer, nature lover, traveler. She's all things. The love camp is truly a reflection of my joy for love in general. And so starting the love camp as a love coach, a love coach is someone who is passionate about strengthening relationships with the foundation and focus being on love. So it's essentially someone who helps you to walk through your love journey, guiding you through your steps, your context, your understanding, um, maybe beliefs that you have thoughts and behaviors that you need to have a mirror shed light on so that you can do something different and create and attract the love you're worthy of. Wow. That's incredible. Thank you. That's, uh, now the thing about love is that it means different things to different people. So what, what does love mean to you and why is it so important right now that you're on this mission to, uh, to help, to help create these um, healthy, loving relationships? Why, why is it? Such a great question. So love to me is twofold. It is a now in the sense that it's energy that has a lot of power and a lot of grace. And that's the beautiful thing about love. But it's also a verb because to me, it's a choice to nurture oneself and others 
to reach their emotional, spiritual, and mental growth. So it is a powerful force that when you choose to use it, it can transform lives and transform hearts. And that's why I get really excited about it because I think about the African-American community, the Black community that, that I'm so passionate about. And I look around and I see a combination of things that inspire me, but also a thing, a lot of things that sadden me, particularly um, the number of single Black women who are beautiful, powerful, capable, smart, and just without love. And then I see the the context and the challenges and some of the dissension that happens between Black men and women and the finger pointing. And that saddens me. And so when I think about the beauty and the power of what love is and how it can transform our communities, and I think about the possibility of that being normal versus it being an exception versus it being, you know, oftentimes people underestimate love as this Hollywood image. But to me, love is not about Hollywood or being weak or being like uh, whipped or any of these other cultural things that we've become accustomed to believe in. Love is a transformative force that can help the individual, the couple, the household and the community. And so I'm on a mission to normalize love, to help others understand how to use love practically, how to call more of it into your life for yourself first, but then for and with others. That's beautiful. Thank you. So how did you, how did you even get the idea to get started into the love coaching space? Well, you know, I've always, not always, but I've been doing things in the love world for as long as I can remember. I would say at least 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. Different events, different conversations, different, I mean, uh, matchmaking people. I've always just been doing something, you know. <laughs> you set setting people up? <laughs> just, yeah, I've been setting people up or repurposing men that, you know, weren't for me in a relationship. Now we're business partners or we're doing one thing or the other. But I would say the formal creation of it was when I partnered with a group called Tie Tours. And we really were just talking about the need for more healthy relationships in our community. And Tie Tours does a lot of the tours around the world. And we were just talking about how cool it would be to be able to offer more solutions for our community. And on my way back on the plane in Tanzania, turned into a whole, let's do it. You know, I had I knew I had the experience in the background. And so I shifted my focus of coaching because I've been coaching for over a decade, focusing on love, on life. And I've helped so many people and love always came up. It just wasn't my focus when I was coaching. Um, I just did a lot of like love projects or passion projects, but it just made sense to transfer the skill that I knew to a field that I was already passionate about and had a partner uh, organization that was willing to to be that partner in the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, shout out to Kim Poole and Ty Tours. Yeah, yeah, they were they were a great part of like seeing my vision and supporting their platform so that I could develop and create the love camp and bring it to life. So it, it was it's been it's been great. Yeah, I can definitely speak for the power of um, of the trips because the cool thing about being being away 
being away from where you usually are. The cool thing is, is that you tend to relax a little more. I find it a lot easier to not think about all the extra stuff if I'm in a different environment. Sure. You know, so when we were in Tanzania, it was such a unique experience. You kind of get caught up in the magic of it all, you know, and it was really easy to forget you know, whatever things you have going on back home just for a couple of days and be able to focus in and zoom in on what you really want to get better at. And I think as a result, it was really cool seeing the breakthroughs that happened during the tour. Agreed. Uh, so so speak a little on on that aspect about what the power of travel is when it comes uh, to, to, to learning how to become your best self in life and love. Yeah. You know, that's a beautiful question. There's nothing better to me than seeing transformation happen, like real healing, real growth, real shifts in thinking. And there's nothing better than seeing that in an environment where you're moving, you're removing yourself from your normal day to day stressors and and stressors from the perspective of just handling responsibilities or working your nine to five or running errands or handling family responsibilities. There's nothing like stepping away in a beautiful environment and being exposed to beautiful culture and other ways of being and then assessing how you do what you do. And so for me to watch it to be one part, wow, we're exposed to this whole new culture. And for us, we went to Tanzania and Tanzania was this welcoming, almost at many times euphoric, ah, especially if you've never been out of the country and never been to the continent. And then it was one part like to do it amongst other people in this new environment that no one had been to. Cause at that point I was the only one on the tour that had been to the continent and uh, I'm sorry, other than one other person and right. for us to get together and to do it as a group and look out and see the world from the perspective of how we identified ourselves and seeing the world from this country and from our own experiences with life and love and to have the shifts by the time we come back, we, by the time we came back, it was nothing. I've never seen anything like it. And I think it is a contributing factor to stepping outside of your normal culture, your normal day to day, and being exposed to beauty. Everything from wonderful waterfalls to villages where we were amongst the local villages in the mountains, roasting coffee, <laughs> you know, to like uh-huh. going to the beach. And a restaurant and we got all dressed up for and the restaurant was in the ocean. These are experiences that I think takes you outside of your normal uh, conditioning and cause you to level up in so many ways. I think it causes you opens you up. Makes you more receptive. It does. It does. It opens you up to more possibility and more perspective. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That was, uh, you know, and you also, now you, you have more trips planned also. I do. So Tanzania, going back to Tanzania in October and then Bali in December. Now yes. I know Bali is special to you. So yes. what makes Bali so special to you? Yes. So exactly one year after I was divorced, I wanted to go back to Bali to recenter myself because the year that I was preparing to get divorced was, was challenging on so many levels. And so for me, going to Bali was like my act of declaration to restore my peace, to um, heal any 
pain from years and of disappointment or things that had happened, but it was also a way to um, like have this beautiful experience with myself, with self-love and self-healing and uh, a country that I had always wanted to visit. I had always read about. And so, you know, Bali to me was, uh, it was truly about self-love. I called it my eat, pray, love experience. <laughs> <laughs> I went there for 12 beautiful days of just self-discovery. Wow, 12 whole days. 12 whole days. I went to the entire region of the country. I did everything that I wanted to do. And, I, you know, I, I restored a lot of myself. And, uh, laughed a lot and loved a lot on myself and enjoyed quite a bit. So that was my Eat, Love, Pray tour. And I think having, bringing that to the community, um, we're going to do that and more. So let's let's talk a little bit about, let's go back in time a little bit. Now, sure. You mentioned that, um, that you were married, divorced, single, and now you're back into um, what you've called your best relationship. I call, call it my magical blissful. Your, your magical blissful yes. relationship. Yes. So let's so let's talk about um because sometimes that transition from divorce to newly single can be can be tough for a lot of people. Yeah. So how what did you have to do to prepare yourself to to exit this marriage and then prepare yourself um to for the reset and to get um ready for what the next relationship was going to look like. So you take what you learned from the marriage and, you know, how did you apply that to get ready for the next relationship? That's such a huge, huge question. Or what I call the final boss. Yes. The final level. I love that. I, I receive it. Um, that's a huge question and a powerful one. Um, I would say for me, the first thing I realized is the, I remember it like it was yesterday. The day that I realized that I would not get to where I thought I was going to get to in my marriage based on the original uh, vision that we had, when I realized we would never get there, that for me was, it gave a little bit of resolve and a little bit of peace, ironic enough. Closure. Yeah, because when you when you're at a crossroad in your marriage and you want it to get better, and you've decided, for me, I decided that I knew that the end of the year wasn't going to look like the beginning of the year. Either this marriage was going to improve or I was going to have to make a choice. And once I realized that it just wasn't going to improve, then I had to make a choice. And then once I made that choice, the first, the next step for me was just blessing and releasing it. Like really, really doing my best to create peace and harmony and understanding and uh, through communication and through um, synergy and thinking the best I knew how and to facilitate a conversation. It was necessary. It was hard to have, but it was necessary so that I could bless and release the relationship and then partnering to work together. What do you need to do? What do I need to do? How do I help you? How do you help me? And it wasn't always easy and it wasn't even always, I'm not going to say it was strictly amicable because it wasn't. But as time went on, I think uh, my former started to understand the need to make peace with it. And then once I knew that that was just 
just let time do what it did, I started continuing to prepare myself. I started identifying why I made the choices that I made. Like what made me, what was my contribution to even being in this situation in the first place in the marriage? And That's big. A lot of yeah. people don't, don't think like that. Yeah. They blame they blame the other person. Oh, absolutely. And they make themselves the hero of the story. Oh, yeah. They, everybody wants to be a story. <laughs> right. You don't want to take a look and be like, how did I play a part? I didn't play no part in this. Right. It was him or her. But I had to be honest with myself and be like, wait, how did you play a part? What was the choices you made, the thoughts you had, the place that you were at, the season that you even allowed uh, one particular person versus someone else? So I took all that accountability. Then I started therapy. And I started therapy because I needed to understand the root of a lot of my choices and my decisions mm. because I started recognizing a pattern in different ways, you know. And then once I got to therapy, got a lot of insight. I was like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> ooh, that's, that's, ooh, that's interesting. Had those aha yeah, moments. Yeah, I had huh? a lot of aha moments. And then once I had aha moments, I think I then started writing out my vision. Like what? was, if this wasn't it, and I know why this wasn't it, what is it that would offer me the fulfillment and the clarity and the peace and the partnership I had been looking for? Because like I said earlier, I was a serial dater and I was, I've always been passionate about love. I've never, you know, some people, you know, treat love as this thing that's like you weak, you soft, or you thirsty or whatever. But for me, I realized that love is what I needed to transform and grow and be my best version of myself. I was very clear about that. I didn't always know how to get it, but I knew I needed it. And so once I realized that, you know what, I'm going to recreate a different, I'm going to attract a different reality because I've healed a lot of myself. What is it that I want? What is it that I need? Who do I need to be to actually attract that? So I got real clear and I started writing love letters to you. I didn't know it was you at the time, <laughs> but I started writing love letters. I started preparing my space. I started doing activities and exercises. I just started like healing myself physically, um, mentally. I started like um, kind of visualizing what my life would look like with the partner that I've always felt like I've needed. I've started looking in crevices of my mind around any blocks that could still be there. Because, you know, healing is such a continuous process that you can heal at one level and not Mm, have that same context about stuff. But then you can have subtle energies about stuff, subtle contexts, beliefs that are different than that first level. And so I just got real clear. I started journaling. I started doing like... um, different activities that were kind of like your shadow work activities. I started, I just started doing as much as I knew to do. I even worked with my crystals because I would, I would create like energy spaces that I knew were spaces that would attract more of what I was looking for, whether it was love, whether it was peace, whether it was harmony, whether it was connection. These are things that I knew I wanted into my relationship space. I felt like I had to be the person I was trying to attract. Oh, we'll say that one more time. I had to be the person I thought I wanted to attract. The person that I wanted to attract was healthy, was healed, was fun, was engaging, was open, was was vulnerable. All the things you are, it's not an accident that we met in my mind because I feel like it was one part, you know, the divine seeing 
and hearing my prayers. But I think it was also one part me like really being the persona and the energy of what I wanted in my life and believing and trusting and being that which I sought, which I sought out. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people can be frustrated that they're not attracting the kind of person that they want in their life, but they haven't done the work to attract that person. Correct. I think you are absolutely correct when you say that you had to become the person that you wanted to attract. Mm -hmm. So if you want a healthy, loving, forgiving person, you've got to become a healthy and loving and forgiving Indeed. person. Indeed. So uh, I, I, you see all the time, people get in these patterns to where they keep dating the same type of person yep. and they keep getting the same results yep. and they expect differently. Yep. Yeah. So how do you begin when you're working with a client? Like, mm -hmm. How do you begin to get them to step back a bit and begin to review um, their patterns and then get the, and then get the insight to begin to like, see how to move out of those patterns. So I found that it depends on the type of client. So inevitably it's always going to come through my question because part of coaching that I do is to ask the right questions, the powerful questions that create insight. However, some clients are resistant because either they think they know or sometimes certain truths are too hard to see subconsciously. So then if that happens, I have to come through the back door <laughs> and I have to find ways to disarm that side of them that is, is either defensive or resistant or in denial or, you know, because the mind is so sophisticated, it can play all kinds of games. And it's my job as a coach to disarm and make it completely safe and help them to be receptive so that mm. they can get the insight they need. And the way that I do that the most is also being a mirror. So I may say something like, so what I hear you say, such and such and such, is that, what is that about? I'll ask the open-ended question and, and I'll start layering it because that gives them time to start processing and going down the, the, the path. And when they start going down the path, it, a lot of times they see it for themselves because then I'm being a mirror through my questioning and I'm holding them accountable to be able to see for themselves when they choose to. I like that because when you, it's different when you say it mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. but then to hear somebody else say it back to you, you may yeah. not, you may not even hear it yeah. the way you're saying it. Mm -hmm. But the here, so what I hear you saying is this. Right. Oh, is that what I just said? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait a minute, is that is that what you heard? Ooh, is that what I said? And and so it's it's um because if I'm sorry, because if you think about it, every thought you have, you can have a counter thought for it. Yep. You know, the minute yep. that you begin to think about some accountability, mm -hmm. your brain will immediately respond and make you the hero of the story. Yep, that part. Yeah, but yep, also. that part. Yeah, but this. That's why you come through the back door. Right. Because, you you know, you have to be skilled enough as a coach to dance. But you're dancing because you're allowing your client to waltz or do the slow drag or whatever. But you recognize that the dance that you're doing is in support of them being able to really dance on their own. You're dancing with them, 
and you're like mirroring what they do so they can see and mm. learn how to truly be um, aware of their, their things. And so I always say you, 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 you allow them to have their perception. I don't make them wrong, but I also help them to be aware of what I see so they can see it as well. And that's the, that's the balance of creating that safe space as a coach, but also that accountability, but also that reflection, also that challenge. Like I always say, I'm lovingly challenged, challenging to my clients because I'm going to love you through it, but I'm going to challenge the mess out of you. Oh, I've heard you. I call it, I call it, um, the, uh, I call it, um, the, the closed fist in a velvet glove technique. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard, I've heard you gently check people (laughs) when they have some BS (laughs) that you, that you both know is BS. Yes. I've heard you call the BS, but in such a, such a kind way. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm like, what? Did she just do that? You got to do it that way. Yeah. the hammer hand and a velvet glove. I love it. Yes. It's 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 really cool. But one thing I've learned from going through your love coach curriculum <laughs> is that um is that uh the, the coach's job is just to help people um hear themselves. Yeah. Hey, like mm-hmm. help you hear yourself. Yep. You know, and then um help you answer the right questions to to get yourself back on the right path. Correct. Absolutely. You know? Well said. Yeah. And, and, and just the way that, uh, the way that you ask questions mm-hmm. is as important as the questions you're asking. Correct. Very, very true. Cause you have to, like I it alludes to what I said earlier, you have to be skillful at it where you're creating a safe space. You're not attached, but you're also not accepting the BS when you know it. Like, I know this is BS and they may not know it's BS yet, but let me dance enough with them so they can start to see the BS that they're having. We're going to do this dance until the questioning will catch up to you, so to speak. So absolutely, you cannot um, come with an energy of judgment or ridicule or criticalness. Um, you have to come from a space of love and genuine curiosity and interest to help them to see what you can see. And even then, if they don't see it, it's still OK, because the beauty of your love journey is it's a process. Like years ago, I had friends tell me that the choices I was making in my marriage, even to even get married, wasn't healthy for me. But I couldn't see it. And I was like, don't even tell me that. Right. Like, that's that's your opinion. This is my business. Uh, you don't okay. know my and life. folks, you can't see it, but Renee is shaking her neck right now. <laughs> you don't know my you, life. You should see what I'm seeing right now. It's hilarious. She is really in character right now. 100% in character. But you know, like, that's how it works. Yeah. And then you go through your journey with love. You have some more experiences or you go through your relationship journeys and you have more experience and you get some insight. And then, and then it's, it's, it's a lot of times it's when you hit a wall of some sort, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you know, that you're like, oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> now you want to see the things that you couldn't see. And mm-hmm. it's it's on 
from a positive perspective and sometimes from a negative perspective, you know? So the goal is to support my clients on their love journey and stand for their highest and best experience. Mm. And they get to choose when that happens, but I get to choose to stand and be accountable with them because I'm always rooting for more love in my clients' lives and just in the Black community in general, in the world. Because I think if the world had more love as a foundation, as a norm, we wouldn't see so much pain. We wouldn't see so much out of integrity actions. And, And I think that's the other thing about the love camp is that if we can create and teach more integrity and how we relate, man, what would, what would it look like? Yeah. How would our lives be if we knew how to be better and more loving and more supportive, even to people that are not supposed to be in our lives long-term, even the people that we have to say goodbye to, even the people that we're not compatible with, what would that look like if we knew how to be a reflection of love in spite of? And that's part of the message as well. Well, I know from being in the fitness space for the time that I was, mm-hmm. that you can't really get results without a systemized effort. True. So everything's got to be systemized. If you really want to get focused and you want to be able to like look at where you were and where you are and then where you want to go next. Mm-hmm. So one of the most brilliant parts about the Love Camp curriculum is the uh, seven foundations of love. I mean, the seven factors of love. Right. So, uh, so how did you, what, what are the seven factors of love? And then how did you come to develop this? Cause it, it really is brilliant in its simplicity. Well, thank you. Um, so I worked with a curriculum developer around, we did it together around what was the vision for the love camp And because the love camp is really teaching people first how to be self-love, to to self-love first, and then how to love others, we wanted a system and we wanted a foundation. And so the seven factors of love are what are the foundational things that you need to uh, create and maintain healthy love? So we have attraction, we have communication, we have honesty, we have trust, we have respect, we have safety, and we have vulnerability. And so those things, when we talk about the relationships that you want to create with self and in the love space with others, we feel like those are the foundational things. And there are subcategories like inside of those subcategories. We also talk about things like accountability. We talk about commitment. We talk about integrity, but they're inside of those seven factors. They are the base that we teach around how to do that. And it's not just, again, with others, it's with self first and then with others. All of those things apply to self-love for they sure. Do. They do. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. They do. Now, is there a difference between the seven factors for singles, seven factors for for people who are coupled? No, I think they, they are applied at different, at, all stages of your relationships. What you call the four seasons of, of the love. The four seasons of love. Yeah. And so they're they're applied regardless of where you are in your season. Um, what I have found is that some are a little more focus oriented sometimes in singles than maybe couples. Hmm. Like, for example, um, 
some singles, when they're getting to know someone and they're in the early stages and they're just starting to date, they may have issues with trust or honesty a little bit more because the dating space, depending on what dating pools they're in, they're like, man, I can't seem to meet a, a good man that's honest or, you know, uh, you know, a woman that isn't, um, you know, being disrespectful, not being disrespectful. So it depends on the state, the space. However, couples do also con- are concerned about honesty and respect. And it depends on how healthy that couple is, how much they emphasize those seven factors. But regardless of where you are on your love journey, you do need to have those factors as foundations um, to be able to focus on healthy love. Hmm. Because I, I, I can understand why some people would, um, would be like, oh, you know, we've been married for 20 years. We don't need any more. We don't need, we don't need to learn anything else. And I feel like that's a mistake. Um, I think so too. Yeah, I feel like it's a mistake. Uh, you've heard me say it before. I think people, if people spent as much money on their marriage as they do their their, their wedding, mm-hmm. they'd be in a lot better shape. Agreed. So um, I think that um, you get a lot of single attention, people who want their help to find love. But I think it's a mistake to not seek at least getting third party, third party looks like maintenance mm-hmm. on what you already have mm-hmm. to make sure that it doesn't rot on the vine. Because how many times have we seen that in long term relationships? They're basically roommates because they forgot how to love each other. Absolutely. I love that because the beauty of what you're saying is the core of what the love camp is about. We exist to create healthy love, <clears throat> fulfilling love. And the one that you're talking about is lasting love. So. When you are in a healthy relationship, you want it to last, especially if you're compatible, you love each other, you're showing up for each other and so forth. What happens is one of those three or more than one of those three are out sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we want to make sure that to your point, couples also know how to go through continuing to create healthy love that lasts and It's something that you said, and I say it all the time, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, you know, relationships, um, the work that we do is really about creating, building, and maintaining relationships. And somewhere along that path, people are going to all need help. Because if you want healthy relationships, you're either in the building stage where you're trying to create one. You, you maybe you met somebody or trying to learn how to meet somebody. Maybe you're in a rebuilding stage. It's been some time. Something happened. You know, kids move out. All kind of stuff impacts relationships. Some infidelity, some mistrust, something. And then the maintenance stage is also for those people that are like, we're doing well. Well, you need some support to continue to do well. You need to shake it up. You need things to remind each other what you're about so you don't get comfortable and take for granted what the relationship is. So that's definitely a 100% true. And like I said, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's a system, you know, yes. just follow the system, trust the process, and then apply it every day and, and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you feel like, you know, closing up here, what do you feel like? Um, the number one cause of discord or disagreement is right now between black men and women. What do you feel like like the main problem is? Number one to me is not taking accountability for how each shows up. Like no one wants to own 
their contribution to the way things that are the way that things are on a like a micro level no one wants to take accountability for their direct people they've influenced hmm. on a macro level as a whole i see so much pointing of fingers that if we would just take a ownership and accountability of how we're contributing collectively to how things are. Like when I was dating before I met you, one of the things that was really important to me is that I did not leave the dating space broke. I didn't want to add to casualties. So even if a person, a man wasn't for me or I knew we weren't a good fit, I was always kind. I was always respectful. I was always honest. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and even when I had to reject someone, I did it with class because I understood that this person is now going to go out in the dating pool and depending on how I show up, is going to be uh, a factor in how they treat the next person, how they feel about themselves, how healthy they are. And I'm not saying that we are fully responsible for people's no. actions because people have to be responsible for their own actions. But we do have to recognize that we play a part. We're connected in many ways. And if we if we thought more like that, if we didn't just dismiss people or we just didn't you know, write them off, if we were kinder and we could see that and we could own how we've contributed, I think things would be a lot better. And, and that's the issue. We're not accountable to how we show up in people's lives. Somebody hurt us, so we go out and hurt somebody else, consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. You know, and because we won't do the healing and because we have these blind spots, we can't recognize our contribution to other people's lives. And we don't even have the skills to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> we don't have the skills to talk about right. it. So we either don't have the self-awareness to be aware, like one of the things we talk about in the love camp is we talk about emotional intelligence. Like, do you have the self-awareness? Do you know how to assess yourself and what contrib what causes you to contribute to not just your life, but somebody else's life? That's the number one thing. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank I love you. it. Well, listen, thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. You're the best. I love you. You're the absolute best. I love you too. You're the absolute best. Thank you. Well, final question. This is the most important question of all. Okay. This is it. This is, you know, this is uh, the one of the questions that I always ask people um, <laughs> at the end of the show is the most important one. Okay. You ready for this? I don't this? know what it is. It's, it's, it's going it's to be earth shattering. <laughs> okay. I'll grab myself. Exactly. Well, you get know, ready. If you could have, if you could pluck anybody out of history. Okay. And have lunch with them. You, you, you can spend an hour with anybody in history who you're going to have lunch with. Maya Angelou still comes to my spirit. She comes to my spirit because when I think of Maya Angelou, she just has this maternal, wise energy. And I feel like I'm in a season in my life where I need maternal energy and I need the wisdom to really go after the greatest gift that I've been given, which is, is which is purpose to serve in the love space. I feel like I'm I'm doing purposeful work. And so I would love to talk to her and just get some of her wisdom and some of her maternal energy to continue to support where I go. Wow. See, I remember I didn't really read a lot of her work until later in life. And um when I 
started getting on YouTube and starting starting to watch some of her old interviews and why and uh, watch some of her her spoken word engagements, uh, I, I didn't realize how brilliant she really was. Yeah, she was really brilliant, and you know, like not just artistically, mm-hmm. but also just her intelligence. She had a wisdom. She about had a, her. Yeah, wisdom that went way beyond yeah. her years. Agreed. It's fine. It, it, it's funny when you watch that she she grew, she aged into her wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and for me, that would just be an honor to have met her and to have some of that wisdom be shared. You know, because now I, I'm starting to see that I have a responsibility to the younger generations, and I do have wisdom to share. But I also want wisdom to come yeah. from those ahead of me. You know, she's in the ancestral plane now, but definitely would love to. Now, would you take her to to Sweet Greens or Kaba? Oh, Sweet Greens. <laughs> we had this conversation. Sweet Greens. Every day, all day. Listen, fam, she's team Sweet Greens. I'm team Kaba. We fight it out all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, 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 thanks again for coming by. Love you and I appreciate you. And I'll be sure to have you back on soon. We can talk about a lot of things. I know. Definitely. I'm welcome. Thank you for having me. And if, we want, if they want to find more information about you or the Love Camp, where should everyone go? They can go to our website at thelovecamp.co, not .com, (laughs) .co. They can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook community we started. It's called the Love Camp Community. A lot of good content in there to really support uh, folks to learn about best practices. And then we're on Instagram under the Love Camp Official. All right. Well, folks, that's it for today. I know I'm sorry. I know you want more, but that's it. I got to go and come back next week for more life, love, and hustle. See ya. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.